This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. Welcome back, everybody, to Wrestling Omakase. It is episode number 158, and this week I am very pleased to be joined by a returning guest. Hello, Haley. Hello. Uh, what you've been up to lately, other than sitting in your house like the rest of us, I probably. Uh, well, my normal life is, like, stay in the house anyways, so it really hasn't changed too much from the whole, I guess, having to stay inside thing. Just a little bit. Well, I was gonna but, say you, you um, and I, are, you and I are both anime con attendees, so we're we were in the middle of con season, which we would have been going to at least a few cons. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, like like uh, the weekend that uh, was it anime next was supposed to happen. I felt so like pressed because it looked. I was looking forward to it for so long, and I was thinking about all the things that I like couldn't do because it, you know, it wasn't there. Yeah. You know? That was the one. The one that was really rough for me was I was supposed to go to Anime Expo this year. So when that weekend came, I was like, "Oh, uh, that sucks. What are you gonna do?" Uh, and I know yeah. Anime NYC keeps sending me stuff, and I'm just like. I don't know, guys. I don't know if that's. I don't think we're going to be able to have yeah. anime conventions in the uh, Jacob Javits Center in New York City by November. I don't think. Don't think that's going to happen. But who knows? They're keeping. They're keeping yeah. it. They're keeping the optimism going. I guess. No. <laughs> uh, but yeah, they keep saying yeah, something. Even like, if it does go happen, I'm not going. Yeah, I keep thinking about it too because it's like, let's say they man, they they try to do like a really small convention and like you know what's this what's the chance of like first of all any japanese guests actually coming probably almost none so yeah i just can't i can't imagine that they're actually going to be able to uh you know put on anything resembling a good convention even if uh they do try to do it they should probably just not do it honestly (laughs) but whatever yeah the thing with these conventions crowd control seems like how it's impossible yeah i mean the thing with these conventions that i i guess you know somebody told somebody i know was like involved in cons told me is like they people are always surprised they take so long to call them off but like 
I, I guess they can't they can't cancel until the venue tells them you can't do it because otherwise they'll be on the hook for the cost. I think the same thing happens with like the wrestling shows too, where people were like asking why like GCW didn't cancel for Mania weekend or whatever. And it's like you have to wait until the venue tells you you can't do it, otherwise you'll yeah. be on the you'll be on the hook. So But uh you know, it's just it is weird going yeah, that's through what I've heard. It is weird going through a whole summer with like no conventions, you know. Yeah. But when's the last time you didn't go to any cons? Is it because I was thinking about it's depressingly long ago for me. Um. Yeah, I think. Well, with the anime next, cause I go to that every year. The last time I didn't go, uh, was before I started going. Like I went my first time when I was fourteen. So the last time I haven't been, I haven't gone to an anime next. I was still in middle school. Yeah, well. and I'm like 28 now. So, <laughs> so almost as long. Yeah, so almost as long as me. The first, the first anime next. I, I for a long time, I went to every single anime next since the very first one. Like the first one was in 2002, and you know, like I was really young then. My dad took me, but oh, yeah, I, my mom took me to my first one. Yeah, so I had I went to I went to every single anime next until 2019. When we missed it because I went to Japan, so now of course I can't. I don't have the option to skip it to go to a foreign country anymore. But uh, you know, yeah. that was the first anime next I ever missed. So like, yeah, like seventeen years. It's crazy. But uh, but yeah. yeah, you know, it's just really weird not going to any cons this year. Like Otakon will be next week, next month. And yeah, I, I usually would have gone to that, but. Oh well. Wait, it's going to be. Next no, no. Month, I mean, it would have been. It, yeah, it was supposed to be. <laughs> they did. Okay. Cancel. I was about to say. Yeah. Uh, I mean, at this point, it's like, will there be twenty twenty one cons? <laughs> Who knows? You know. Yeah, I know. I don't. I don't feel reasonably confident, especially since, like, when you think about it, it's like, uh, you know, anime next June twenty twenty one, right? I mean, you basically need things to be mm-hmm. Im- improved, not by June, but, like, by what? Like, you think they'd have to make a decision by April or by March, maybe. So, like, you need you need the situation to improve, not even by next June, but more like by next March or April. So it could be even tougher. Yeah. I think around, probably around March, because I know that's, like, when they first send out, if you apply for like artist alley they first send out acceptance letters in march so like by march they've already had like artist alley planned out like where it's supposed to go and everything so but i'd assume that by then they also have all the dealers and everything so it's pretty much like probably even before march oh wow yeah i mean I, i can't remember when they called it off this year i feel like it was like in that march or april zone Maybe that's why I was thinking March or April. But you're right. Maybe they decide even earlier. But yeah. I don't know. I hope they have it next year. But I'm not. It's one of those things where I'm not. I'm not like betting on it or anything. So. Yeah. uh, It's just very weird. But. Hey, at least there's wrestling in Japan. Yeah. Who knows how long that will last given uh, 
the coronavirus is making a little bit of a comeback in Japan, it looks like. Yeah. First, there were three shows that we're going to talk about today. The Corkins in New Japan, DDT in Tokyo Joshi. And I guess right off the bat, before I get into any specifics about the shows, is, you know, while watching them, I really felt that, you know, the the lack of the crowd, the fans being able to cheer and only being able to clap, I feel like you feel like that, you know, it feels like you're losing a lot more at New Japan than you do at DET or Tokyo Joshi. I guess because, you know, New Japan is well known for having really hot crowds. Whereas like Tokyo Joshi and DET, I mean, it's not like the crowds can't be hot, but they're not as hot over, you know, on a regular basis, I guess. So I don't know, it just felt like, like watching new that New Japan Korokan felt much weirder to me than watching the DET or Tokyo Joshi shows, which felt more normal. I don't know if you agree, though. I agree, but I also think part of it is, I guess, I don't know, I just noticed this. Uh, when I when I watch Tokyo Joshi in particular, is the wrestlers themselves are a lot louder and they scream a lot more. Well, yeah, that's or, like, like, yell at each other. Yeah, that's like, I mean, that's a Joshi thing in general, but especially, I guess, in Tokyo Joshi, they're really... They, they do scream a lot, so I'm sure that probably yeah, helps, Yeah, but, like, in DDT as well, I guess, because they're, they they talk a lot in the ring. So it's, like, not really as noticeable. Yeah. You know, when there's, like, not a lot of fan noise. Yeah. I mean, I feel like it really stands out in New Japan through yeah. these first three shows. Like, it's really been an adjustment. But, you yeah. know. The only th- the, the thing they try to do to cover for it a little bit is the announcers, like, scream way more, I noticed, which can kind of help. But, uh, you know, it's still, it is still very weird. Yeah. Uh, so let's, I guess, talk about the first show of the week, which was the New Japan uh, New Japan Road from July 20th at Corican Hall. Um, this was New Japan's first Corican Hall show uh, since the, with fans uh, since the return. The attendance was announced at 482, which they said was the, the sellout, which I guess makes sense for about a third capacity. Actually, probably a little under a third. Uh, it didn't look that bad on TV. I don't know. I heard I heard people say Corkin looked uh, depressing or something before I watched it. So maybe my expectations were very low. But I didn't really think it looked that bad. Uh, you know, it, it can't be full, obviously. But, I mean, there are plenty of people visible and stuff. Yeah, I mean, like, it looked about how I expected it to. So I guess I didn't feel like it was, like... I, I mean, like, it looked empty, but I expected it to look as empty as it did. So I wasn't really, like, uh... I guess it took... It didn't take long to get used to. Yeah. Because I wasn't, like, shocked. Right. Uh, so the opening contest was the team of Tenkoji defeating the team of Yota Suji and Yuya Uemura in 10:26 when Kojima pinned Uemura with a lariat. Um... This was pretty fun, you know, and Jack's boy Uemura in there with doing his hard chops on Tenzan. Uh, it just went a little bit longer than you'd expect and had some great action with the young lions just kind of hanging in there at the veterans. And then, um, you know, there was a great, you know, right towards the end, uh, Uemura hit like an, his awesome double arm clutch belly to belly on Kojima. It was a great near fall um, right around the 10 minute mark. And then Kojima just kind of came right back with a lariat after that and, you know, got the pin. But it was a fun opener. I would go about three and a quarter. Definitely enjoyed it. And if you have any thoughts on this one. Um, I didn't catch this one, so. Yeah, the no, first the but... first two matches you didn't catch, right, I think? Yeah. Okay, so I'll just blow through them really quickly. 
But it, it was a fun opener. The second match, not fun at all. An eight-man tag team match. Tomohiro Ishii, Toriano, Yoshihashi, and Sho defeating Togi Makabe, Tomoraki Hanma, Ryusuke Taguchi, and Gabriel Kidd in 11:59. Yano pinning Kidd with a schoolboy. Uh, so I don't, I don't. The first like observation I had doesn't really doesn't have much to do with this match in particular. Is um, I guess because of the depleted roster. The Hontai Chaos Alliance seems to be off right now. Uh, like Chaos really hasn't been teaming with the main army at all since like since New Japan came back. The only thing is like the Young Lions kind of float between both units and will team with either one, as you'll see on uh, you know Saturday again. I think they're teaming with Chaos, but other than that, like Chaos and the main army don't really team together anymore. So that's interesting. I prefer that honestly, but mm-hmm. I have a feeling it won't continue when the roster once the roster comes back. Yeah, unfortunately. Because <laughs> it's better when they're their own unit, right? I think so. Yeah. Like, yeah, I, I, I don't, I don't get why they like all merged like after like, you know, like Hanahashi and Okada had their tag match, and then they just never undid, I guess the merger. And I just thought it was like, why? It seems pointless. Yeah, I mean, it makes chaos seem re- really pointless. So, yeah. So I don't get it either. Uh, show also noteworthy that Show is still carrying one of these IWGP Junior tag belts, even though Yo is out for the foreseeable future. It looks like as you know, nine months to a year. I heard. So, oh yikes! Yeah, I mean, I wonder what they're going to do with those belt with those belts. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this this match wasn't good, as I kind of teased before. Like Yano and Makabe at one point uh, had this exchange that looked like it was in slow motion, and it featured like the world's absolute lightest bump off a of Maccabe Lariat by Yano. Like, he he may as well have, like, told the crowd that he was about to lay down and take a nap. When he did this, <laughs> he's like, okay, that's it. I'm just gonna sit my ass down here. Uh, and then Ishii and Hama had this weird, like, clunky little suplex reversal spot, and the match was not good. Uh, and then Yano sent Kid into the turnbuckle and low-blowed him for the pin. Uh, I also want to note that maybe they should retire the comedy low blow finishes to beat, especially to beat random young lions when the top heel in the company is doing low blows to win all his matches. Uh, you know, and, and the turnbuckle stuff too. Like the, the heels did that repeatedly. It's like I don't know. It, it's it's weird to me to have a guy doing the comedy stuff, like doing all this stuff for comedy, and then have heels doing it later in the night for serious heat. It's a little weird. Yeah. Um, and the Yano stuff. I usually like Yano, but like. Without the crowd being able to react, like, his stuff, I don't know. He, he might lose the most of anybody on the entire New Japan roster from having no crowd reactions. Because it yeah. just comes off weirdly, like, dead or whatever. But, yeah, I would go one and a half. It was very bad. Yeah. Uh, match number three was a tag team match. Uh, this time it was Sonata and Shingo Takagi beating El Desperado and Doki. In at twelve forty with the skull end, um, this is pretty good. I like this. I, I, first of all, Desperado's new outfit. The what do you think of that? The black and gold mask with the gold tassels. I couldn't really decide if I liked it or not. My literally my first note that I took for the show at all was Despy's new mask is pretty. So I think I think that sums up my answer. I love it. You know. Also, of course, black and gold also reminds me of a different. Uh, member of Suzuki Goon, who's my favorite member of Suzuki Goon, so of course I appreciate that. That is true. Also, my favorite member. He's. It's like he. Maybe that's the point of it. Maybe he's supposed to be a Tai Chi fied 
Desperado. I think we should all be Tai Chi Fied. So. Tai Chi Fied. Uh, yeah, they started out like trading punches, and then Shingo like just starts punching him in the corner before Doki saved. But Shingo's like a house of fire. He took them both out. Uh, and then Desperado like went after Shingo's leg on the floor, and then Shingo really fired up on him with like the elbows, and it was all good stuff that made you made me excited for their match uh, tomorrow. Now, from when I'm recording this, uh, Singoku Lord. But, uh, but yeah, I thought this was like a, they got back on track here. I thought good tag match. I went three and a quarter. Uh, good fire during the Shingo Desperado exchanges, uh, and afterwards Desperado attacked Shingo from behind while he was posing and put him out with a right hand and then stole the never belt again. I was excited about that. Best be for never champ. Did Did you see the promos from after? By the way. Oh no, I haven't. Okay, so Desperado, he so they cut to Desperado backstage, right? And uh-huh. he's very calm, and he's like, you know, that, that Shingo Takagi's like a school teacher. All he does is scream and complain. <laughs> and he's like, just talk. And then they cut away to Shingo, and I swear to God, the first thing Shingo does in this promo is start screaming his complaints about how des- every time, like, New Japan is giving people title shots just for stealing the belt, and it's not fair. So, like, Shingo, like, literally proved his entire point I the moment that. they cut to him. It's like, yeah, that was amazing. It was great. It was like they couldn't have done that more perfect. But, yeah. Yeah. I mean, Uh, I like the match, you know. I mean, I'm not really, like, a huge fan of Sanada or Shingo, but, I mean, I like them, I guess, as a team better than individually. And I really like Despi and, and Doki, so I'm always happy to see them. Doki's, like, gotten, like, way better just at, like, doing moves, I've noticed. Like, yeah. I don't know if he just ha- he just practices more in the New Japan Dojo or something, but, like, his execution's way better now. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I don't know. I mean, to me, it's like, I just liked him originally because I liked his look, but, like, yeah. yeah, now he's, like, actually a better wrestler, too, to match that. Yeah. I mean, I guess just working with these people, you get, you, you just naturally improve. Yeah. Uh, match number four here, which is Hiroki Goto and Kazuchika Okada defeating Gato and Yujiro Takahashi in 1147. Uh, Goto pinned Gato with the GTR. Um, it was interesting, first of all, that Gato still came out decked out in the Switchblade gear and held up the necklace, given that, uh, Jay White seemed to be, like, the only Bullet Club member on social media who didn't congratulate Evil. And it's like, yeah. whose side is Gato on in the coming second Bullet Club Civil War? <laughs> oh, God, not another one. <laughs> well, look. I'm just literally by notes. I'm like, I thought we were done with this when the Elite left. Look, it, it cannot be worse than the first one, at least. Like, that's a. They have set themselves the lowest possible bar. True, so. true, true. This one is Young Bucks free, which automatically makes it better. <laughs> like. But yeah, I don't know. It's just interesting, like who who would side with who in that if that happens, and I guess Gato's gonna stay loyal to Jay White. But it's just funny. Uh, but yeah, so Okada was yeah. like trying to encourage the fans to clap more as he comes out, since that's the only way they can react right now. Uh, and the crowd did seem like more fired up from this at the start of it, which like with like much louder clapping than we gotten all night so far. 
there's a great moment kind of early on where Yujiro looked like he was going to start with Okada before just tagging up to Gato. And Okada, instead of getting pissed, just gave him like this really funny, like, uh, are you fucking serious kind of look. Like, <laughs> like it was pretty good. Um, the actual match itself, though, I didn't really like. Uh, it was, you know, they did the exposed turnbuckle gimmick, which, you know, like I said, we had just seen as comedy two matches earlier, so I don't really know if we needed, like, a long Gato and Yujiro sending Goto into the turnbuckle uh, segment after that. And I just thought the match was very slow and boring in, in general. Uh, you know, Okada and Yujiro did finally have, like, a fun little exchange towards the end of the match to finally bring some life to it. But uh, I definitely thought it was below average. I, I went, like, two and a quarter. Yeah. I just... Yeah. I was not interested. I mean, in general, I'm just... Yujiro matches and Gato matches are, like, usually, like, my piss break. But because I was going to come on here, I actually watched it. And I was like, you know what? Maybe I should sort of took, taken the piss break instead. <laughs> it's pretty bad. I mean, it wasn't, it, was, very, it wasn't very good. No, no. And also, I'm going to be honest, I'm kind of getting sick of the... Okada like beating up Ghetto thing because I'm like I get it like you know he hates Ghetto Ghetto betrayed him but I'm like I don't know I feel like it's overdone by this point and it's no longer like I mean, yeah it's, it's been al- it's been almost two years I mean yeah <laughs> like at some point buddy you gotta let it go you know we we all got exes I mean you gotta let go of your exes at some point yeah right? <laughs> you can't just beat their asses for the rest of your life but anyway. Uh, yeah, this is this is good though. I, I mean, not, what am I saying? It was bad. I just said it's bad. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't good. I because you know what? I saw the next match, and the next match was good. Uh, the next match was an eight-man tag team match: uh, Taichi, Zack Saber Jr., Minoru Suzuki, and Yoshinobu Kanemaru defeating the Golden Aces, Tanahashi and Ibushi, Nagata, and Master Wato in twelve oh five. When Kanemaru pinned Watto on the touchout, where are you on the Watto, uh, the Watto question, as it were? Do you do you like Watto? Um, well, I like him, but I don't like this gimmick. <laughs> do you, you know, <laughs> so it's like, like I think he's like, you know, like I think he's doing a great job, like as a wrestler, but I'm like I hate I, every time I see his gear, I'm like. <laughs> I, I just I just want to cry because it's so ugly. He looks like a Smurf. It's I, I think it's great, but like it's like ironically great. Obviously, it's not like it's, it's like, not seriously. It's like great in the same way that like what <laughs> like Yoshihashi's gear, like with loose explosion gear, was great. <laughs> like the 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 level of blue is really something, and then like on top of that, it's it feels like they took Kawada, who already makes some very interesting faces. And they were like, how can we accentuate his meme ability? Let's make, let's dye his hair, like, the bluest shade of blue we can find. Let's put him in fucking blue and purple. Let's make sure he's wearing, like, fucking parachute pants. Like, it's just very, like... The, like, (laughs) ill-fitting jacket. Ill-fitting jacket. And then then, then the name itself. The name itself is definitely part of it, too. (laughs) Like, I can't, I can't, every time I'm... I haven't said the name out loud because, like, I know <laughs> that when I finally do, I'm gonna like 
Like, I can't bring myself to do it. I'm just going to, like, groan. So come on, much. Haley. Come on, Haley. Do it here. Live on the air on oh, Rusty Mikase. Let's hear it. Master Watto. It is a great fucking name. Master Watto. You know he's the way to the Grandmaster. <laughs> <laughs> Oh wait! I just got <laughs> way to what? To, oh, way to the grand. Did, did you see? He told. He explained to Tokyo Sports what way to the Grand Master means. He said like, once he way to the Grand Master means once the fans accept him, he'll be the Grand Master, and his first step is to win the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Title. So you go. That's his first step on the way to being the way to the the way to the Grand Master. Oh God! I don't know why winning like the fourth or fifth level title in the company would make you the grandmaster, but I guess I guess in his opinion it would. So I guess there's like <laughs> levels. Maybe grand isn't like the top level of master. Maybe if there's like like it's grand and then like super grander, super super. super how about grandmaster, supermaster, ultra master, and then finally he just becomes master master. Master. <laughs> you have to say it twice. Yeah, he's yeah. master, master. Uh, yeah, so he gets his own entrance here because he is the way to the grandmaster, and Tenzan is with him. Or he is not. Okay, he explained it. Like I said, he is not the way the grandmaster. This was a question. It was like, is he the way the grandmaster, or is he trying to find the way to the grandmaster? And apparently, he is trying to find the way to the grandmaster. So that's what's going on. Okay. Uh, Taichi came out singing along with the IWGP tag belt dangling from his crotch as God. I, <laughs> I was dying. I'm like, Taichi. Taichi's always so extra, and I really appreciate it every single time I see him. <laughs> he's so awesome. I, he's one of those guys, and I, I've ranted about this on the show a million times, but like the people who don't like him, like, just much not. They, they, they just must not like fun. Like, I don't yeah, really exactly. know, I don't really get, like, what is there not to like about him? I don't understand. But anyway, uh, so he has a belt dangling from his crotch, and it's so great. And then the rest of Suzuki Goon just, like, silently comes out behind him. So if anyone is under the misconception that Taichi is the star of this team, Taichi is number one and Zack is number two. They're coming out to Taichi's music, right? Yeah. There you go. Exactly. I mean... Taichi is even like above Suzuki at this point. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure it's really Taichi Goon at this point. Taichi Goon, indeed. Uh, but yeah, so Kanemaru grabs Watto by the hair right after the right after he gets in the ring, uh, and then Taichi was doing this song for so long after they've all been introduced, which makes you think they won't jump them. And then of course he called the song off, and they immediately jumped them. It was very, it was really funny. I love it. Uh, Nagata and Suzuki start off with this big slugfest. Uh, Ibushi came in and ran wild with a big high kick on Taichi, a standing Rana on Zack, and a standing shooting star press on Taichi. So that was really cool. And then Taichi and Ibushi like they traded leg kicks, and then Taichi countered with this uh, back kick to the gut. Ibushi came back with his own, but then Taichi put him down with a dangerous backdrop, which Kota Ibushi, being Kota Ibushi, took right on his head, of course. So. Yeah, it's just pretty much. <laughs> that's pretty much everything he does. Uh, yeah, that's that's. I mean, that's why I love him. He just has to do everything in the stupidest <laughs> way possible. 
He's like, a random Korokin with 400 people here? That's right, buddy. Put me right on my dome. <laughs> I, I'll never forget that fucking... I mean, you and I were both there. That Fighting Spirit Unleashed show in New York. The main event of this tag match. An evil with his fucking finisher that normally you could just take on your back. And Code is like, okay, on my neck. Yeah, it's right on my, just on my neck. That's where, that's where I land. On my neck. <laughs> so, and Naito did the same thing on fucking... Uh, this last weekend too. <laughs> it's of like, course, it's, of it's course. Like, like they're they're in competition to see who can fuck up their neck more. <laughs> it's like it is really something. Uh, I like the announcer going. I don't know if you caught this when they both tagged in. The announcer just goes, "Master Watto versus Heel Master." <laughs> it's like <laughs> I was like fucking crying. Like, I missed that. That's amazing. <laughs> what a what a battle. The master. It's like you have the the London Derby. You know, when you have, like, two soccer teams. This is the Master Derby. Oh, God. <laughs> the Master. Uh, Wato used, like, this cool back fist at the end of a little karate combo and a nice drop kick. Uh, a springboard spinning forearm, which looked neat. He tried to do this, like, standing moonsault headbutt thing. It looked like he almost killed himself, honestly. <laughs> but uh, Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, 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 I put that on my notes. That, that looked like he hit his head. I was like... Yikes. I was it was too bad because he was like I was about to say like you before that he looked awesome like all like that's the thing with Master Watto is like he looks ridiculous but his offense is actually pretty cool so yeah but, like the thing is he's a really good wrestler and that's why it sucks that he's stuck with this like <laughs> awkward and, and horrible gimmick. Uh, Watto went up to try to hit his finisher on Kanemaru, uh, but Suzuki interrupted with a sleeper hold. He choked him out for the double-team dropkick uh, PK with Kanemaru, and then Kanemaru gave him a last cut for two, the deep impact, but then he pulled him up, and he gave him that spinning brain buster for the pin. Uh, some really good action here. I would go like three and a quarter again. Uh, maybe even three and a half. It's, it, was, it was a good match. Uh, everyone kept brawling at the end of it, and... Uh, Nagata, you know, Nagata, Nagata and Suzuki actually fought the longest, so that feud is going to keep going, I guess. I like that feud, so I'm, like, fine with that. Yeah. I just like watching old dudes, like, scream and hit each other. <laughs> so, uh, but I don't, I'm not sure about this whole, like, Ibushi and Tana feud with, uh, uh, with uh, Tai Chi and Zach continuing because I just want I, I was like thinking like oh so now that they've lost the tie they're gonna like break up as a team right like I've been waiting for this like I want them to feud with each other instead of like being a team hmm. is what I'm hoping that like losing the titles will create dissension and then they'll feud with each other but I'm like I feel like it's not gonna go there and I feel like they're just gonna continue being like a happy team and it's gonna like annoy me yeah, and I remember the last time you were on here, you complained about them as a team. So, yeah, uh, I hate it. I still I, hate it. <laughs> I guess we'll see what happens. I kind of figure that this is just to keep them busy until the G one. That like they're not going to do that. They just don't have anything else for them until the G one, uh, yeah. and they'll probably lose the rematch. But who knows? Uh, I mean, I think they'll. I think they'll lose the rematch. I'm hoping so because honestly, Zach and Taichi are such a, a great team together. Like both like in the ring and then like outside of it like their promos together and like behavior together is really good they have really good chemistry and i don't know i just 
Right. They're fun, you know? Yeah, they're a lot of fun. Uh, they just seem like they genuinely like each other and hanging out and do, so it's good. Yeah. Uh, uh, the main event of the evening, the team of Evil, Dick Togo, and Taiji Ishimori defeating the team of Hiromu Takahashi, Tetsuya Naito, and Bushi in 1402. Evil pinning Bushi with the Evil. Um, the First of all, I've been okay with Naito losing the title, as people who've listened to this already know, but his entrance video is still being that, like, bottom of the ninth 2X revival thing. It's a little depressing. When he never yeah. walks out with the double belt. They should have given him a new video. Uh, but what are you going to do? The fact that they haven't given him a new video adds to my theory that I think he's going to win the belt back. But anyway. Um, Hiromu comes out walking like very slowly and weirdly. With his jacket pulled all the way up for a reason. We'll soon find out. Um, and then you can see some fans wearing Bolt Club merch and holding up towels and stuff. As Evil Seam hit. Mixed in with the LIJ fans. So... That was kind of interesting. I don't, I don't know if they're normally Bullet Club fans or if they've like followed Evil over, but who knows. Um, it looks like Evil has already ditched the skirt from Dominion for like these long tights. Uh, I I wonder if the skirt thing that he was wearing at Dominion might just be like his big match attire, and we'll see it again at Sengoku Lord. Because I actually like the skirt. I don't know where you're yeah, from. I really like it. Yeah. I think it looks cool. I mean, so, I'm all for like guys wearing skirts in general, you know. Um, I think that it should it should happen more, and I think like it, it's like a cool like battle skirt or something. I yeah. think that's amazing. Uh, Togo, of course, just came out wearing a beret, and he was announced as the spoiler, which I like. That it's a good heel name. It's yeah, like, it feels like he's an ass- basically what I'm supposed to be calling like the asshole. You know, it's <laughs> like uh, evil stares at Hiromu like in the corner, who still looked all weird. And they shot a little grit at Naito, too, before he held up the double titles, which I liked because he was basically like, hey, hey, look what I got, which I thought yeah. was kind of funny. Uh, Hiromu, like, stared down evil. He pulled down his jacket to reveal a Bullet Club shirt. Now, I don't know about you. I did not fall for this. I was I like, did. oh, you did? Really? Well, I, like, I half did because I was, like, I was kind of, like, so traumatized by what happened with evil that I was, like, willing to. <laughs> I, like, was willing to buy into it. Like, I didn't, like, fully buy into it. I was like, oh, God, if this, this better not be true, this better not be true. But I was, like, already reacting to it as if it was really happening. So it's like, as te- my logically, I knew that this was probably going to not happen. But emotionally, I was, like, freaking out. Uh, and this got people to yell for the first time all night, even though they're not supposed to. So people were fired up about this. Uh, Hiromu points a finger gun at Evil. Then he points at Naito and Bushi. Naito did a great job here of being like, what the fuck, man? Like, I thought it was, like, his reaction was great. It's just like, like, what are you doing? Like, that kind of reaction without being, like, super over the top about it. Uh, but yeah. it's a trick because they all jump the Bullet Club trio. And Hiromu tears off the Bullet Club shirt and chokes Evil with it. Chokes Evil out with it ringside, which the crowd definitely appreciated. Uh, and then the three LIJ members stomp the crap out of poor Taiji Ishimori and do their fist pose together. So they're back on the same page. Uh, but yeah, this was that, that I like that little angle. I thought it was cool. Yeah. Uh, it was a cool little thing. Uh, yeah. Naito, he tried to suddenly go after Evil on the apron, but Evil was like ready for him and uh, hung him up on the top rope. And they tossed him into the railing all over ringside and did the same with Hiromu as well. Uh, you know, he nails Bushi, so he basically, like, lays out all three guys on his own, and he looks pretty badass doing it, which, this uh, this I liked. And then he especially, like, he started, like, no-selling Hiromu's chops, 
and just like choking him on the railing. And I like this idea of like we're basically trying to show that evil is a very different kind of heel. Because I, I like Jay White, but Jay White is, you know, this like sleaze ball, this like, you know, opportunist who like kind of slimes in and out and like, you yeah. know, just takes advantage. Whereas like evil is more like a bully, right? That's that's the vibe I got from here. Is like, you know, I can cheat. And I will cheat because I'm, you know, my name is Evil. It kind of, kind of is all right there. But like, you know, in the meantime, I'm also still like this big badass guy, and I'll just beat your ass down. So it's a very different kind of heel. So I like that. Yeah, uh, I I appreciate that too. I really like heels who like that's that's like my type too. Who like are just like extra vicious and like don't care about like hurting people and like love to beat people up rather than like the like lazy kind of Jay White type. Like, I like more, like, you know, like, the Minoru Suzuki type. Like, the really sadistic heels. Or, like, yeah, like, Evil's type, like, you know, who will, like, bully someone and just, like, beat the shit out of them because they know they can. Yeah. So, I thought Evil had great, like, showed great presence here. I mean, he he didn't do a ton in this match after that opening part, where I guess they're, they're you know, they want to save most of it for Sengoku Lord, but you know, I thought he looked good. Yeah. Uh, Dick Togo, I thought I just had to note that his Bullet Club skull types look cool as hell. Those like red mixed in there with the silver, I thought they looked cool. Yeah. Uh, and then Naito and Togo got paired off a little bit, and Naito got him in this like hang- high angle Boston Crab. But Evil came in to break it up. Naito like ignored his boots, which I thought was funny. So he yeah, just like he just like raked his eyes instead to finally break it out, break it up. But Naito came up back with a Enzigiri. He tagged out to Hiromu. Uh, Hiromu actually had control for a little bit until Evil came back by pulling his hair because he's a very, very mean man. Uh, mm-hmm. But Togo and Ishimori hit the ring to stomp him out. Uh, you know, stomped out Hiromu and gave Evil the advantage. Uh, they also sent him in the exposed turnbuckle, which I have to note is the third time they've exposed a turnbuckle on a six-match show. They should consider putting a lock on that damn thing. Like, okay. Jesus. Uh, Bushi tags in. And this this was my highlight of the match. I know this pissed some people off. But first of all... Uh, okay, I'll just say what happens and I'll explain. So Bushi tags in. He gets some offense on Evil. He gets a top rope missile drop kick. And he takes out both to- Dick Togo and Ishimori by himself. And then hits Evil to Tope, tope Suicide to the floor. And I just wrote down Bushi mode in all caps. Like, he's just going nuts on all three. Uh, he goes for the MX on Evil, but Evil got out of the way. Uh, and then Bushi got taken out by a knee attack from Ishimori, uh, who then went and gave Naito a backcracker as well. Um, he there's a great moment where like Ishimori did like a little dosy do with uh, with Hiromu and tossed him right into Evil for this huge <laughs> lariat. That was awesome. Probably yeah. the coolest fight of the entire match. Uh, and then Togo choked Bushi out with that weird fucking cord thing. Whatever the hell it is, they use it Dominion while Ishimori distracted the referee and Evil hit the Evil on him for the pin. Uh, okay, so, first of all, people who complain about evil selling for Bushi. I mean, Bushi is not fucking... People acting like Bushi's Hornswoggle or something. He's a former junior champion. I mean, like, he's he can get offense on the on the champ. Yeah, so it's that, ridiculous. And, Honestly, people need to stand Bushi. <laughs> it's like so it's so mean to Bushi. It's like, act like he's a jobber. It's not that bad. I mean, he's the lost post for his unit. It's not like you, you can't sell for him for two seconds. And second of all... It's like, have you ever seen a New Japan multi-man tag? Like, this is literally what—that's what they do every time. The guy who's gonna get pinned fucking runs, gets to run wild on everybody at the end. I mean, it's very standard. So I don't like that was one of the weirder complaints I read online. I was like, what are people talking about? Anyway, uh, I like. Sorry. Go ahead. 
I was like, some people just have a weird grudge against Bushi for some reason, <laughs> and I'm like, I don't understand why. Like, he's why he's like a good wrestler, and it's not like he's doing anything like, you know, hurting anyone else's faves or something. I'm like, what are? <laughs> what's the problem? No, by evil and Dick Togo and Taiji Shimori having to self form for five seconds, the world has ended. Okay. Oh Dre. no, Taiji Ishimori, who's two feet tall, <laughs> has to tell for him. Taiji Ishimori, who is like, yes, an actual tiny person. But yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Like, this, I, I enjoyed the match. I didn't think it was anything blow away, but I, I liked it. I thought it was like a three and a half star, good main event, match of the night. Uh, people were like, oh, I'm disappointed by this. I'm like, it's a fucking road to cork in main event. Like, what were you expecting? I, like I thought it was perfectly good for what it was. I mean, I don't, I don't know. Maybe I liked think, it. Yeah. I mean, like it's a yeah, it's like a six man tag match. It's like what do you? It's like I can't understand <laughs> the idea of like people like looking at that and being like, no, it's bad because it's not like you know what I think a New Japan main event should be. I'm like, look at it in the context of what it's like doing and what it's supposed to be because it's a road to match like six man tag match it's not supposed to be you know some big main event yeah people are like i know people some people have weird expectations of new japan pro wrestling yeah it's a good way to put it um i, I also just think it was like because the evil wars have been like raging online all week that everybody was like dying to declare like the anti-evil people we're like dying to declare a victory. Like, ha! See how bad this main event was? And it's like, it's a fucking road to Cork. It's a road to Cork, buddy. It's not, not that big a deal. Even if you think the match sucked, which I don't think it did, by the way. I thought it was pretty good. But even if you think it was, if it, it could have been like the worst match of all time, and it still wouldn't have mattered because it's a fucking road to Cork. Who cares? Exactly. <laughs> anyway, uh, after the match, Roman went after Evil, and, uh, you know, he like grabbed him by the hair, which was like, good, revenge. Uh, but Dick Togo choked him out too with the Court of Doom uh, and Evil act like act, this was like probably the coolest part of the entire match Evil acted like he was going to give him the Evil he set him up for it and everything and just threw him aside and he's like basically like this man isn't even worth my time I was like that was a great dick move so yeah and his bad guy smirk is really good as well so Bullet Club leaves them all laying to end the show uh, I thought it was a solid show Not definitely not anything like you have to rush out to watch if you missed it but good enough I enjoy yeah, it. Yeah, I think the only thing that I'd, like, recommend people checking out is, like, the beginning of the, the last match where, like, Hiromu, like, fakes out Evil with the Bullet Club shirt because I thought that was really interesting. But otherwise, yeah, I mean, it's kind of more like if you watched it, it was fun. But if you didn't, you were not really missing anything. Right. Uh, all right, so let's give a quick little preview of Sengoku Lord because by the time a lot of people hear this, uh, it may have already aired. So... The only thing I want to note is if you're watching Sengoku Lord um, and you're a Wrestling Omakase Patreon subscriber, we are going to have a same-day reaction show just for Omakase patrons. Uh, so you can hear that on Saturday on the 25th. Um, myself and my buddy Quinlan, uh, you know, we're getting together to watch the show for the first time in like four months <laughs> since <laughs> the pandemic things started. So we'll be recording right after we watch it. It won't be like live or anything because it'll be like you know i have to have to travel to new jersey tomorrow so it'll be like tomorrow night basically eastern time but it'll go up on the patreon so definitely look out for that 
have all our thoughts on the show, uh, like a quick little bonus audio episode on the show. Uh, if you're not an Omakase patron, of course, you can sign up for $5 a month at patreon.com slash wrestlingomakase. Um, in addition to the uh, Sengoku Lord uh, re- review that we're going to be posting tomorrow, we also just started our new series following every single Tetsuya Naito versus Tomohiro Ishii match in order, uh, which, you know, that'll be a lot of fun. The episode one went up with a... It was a truly awesome match from 2014 from New Beginning, so... That was a lot of fun to recap. Uh, we just completed our series, doing the same thing for every Okada Tanahashi match. So all 14 episodes of that are up there, and they're like shorter episodes, or like you know between 20 and 40 minutes usually. So uh, you know they're you know a little bit easier to listen to than a whole long podcast. But yeah, each one is on one match. We also follow along with their careers, uh, like what's been going on in between each match and all that stuff. And you know it's a. Uh, I think the series turned out pretty well, so definitely check that out on the Omakase Patreon. Uh, we also have exclusive full episodes of Omakase. The five matches episodes are on there. Uh, the last one with me and Robin Reed uh, from the VOW Quiz Night is on there, plus a whole bunch of other people. Uh, you know, Rich Krejci and uh, from the Flag Voice Wrestling Flagship and Alan Farrell from PW Torch, all sorts of people. Nate from Everything Elite. Uh, so definitely check that out. Um, you know, we'll have more exclusive Omakase episodes coming up in the next month or so. We do about two a month usually. And there's also anime Omakase with uh, me and Nicole talking various different anime. We just did Castle in the Sky, the second Ghibli film, or the actually the first real Ghibli film. Uh, we also did High Score Girl a couple weeks ago. So definitely check all that stuff out. Only $5. Uh, Patreon.com slash Wrestling Omakase for all of our bonus audio. Okay, so Sengoku Lord, like I said, so the, in Nagoya, IT Perfectional Gymnasium. We don't have to go through the whole card because it has a lot of tag matches, but let's just talk about the top three real quick. Uh, third from the top is Okada versus Yujiro. Um, I would be lying to you if I said I was excited for this. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it is going to be a match that happens. I don't really have much else to say about it, really. Uh, like to, I, When I wrote the Voice of Wrestling preview, like almost all of what I wrote was just basically like, what's going to happen with Okada. Because I think that's the only interesting thing here is like, I mean, the nightmare scenario for me, for, for or to me, for what the the evil rank could turn out with, turn out as, I guess, is like, if Okada wins clean here and then waltzes out at the end of the night and challenges evil after evil retains against Hiromu and then beats him. It's like, if the evil rank was just a way to get the belts back from Naito to Okada uh, very quickly, you know, without having Okada beat Naito, then I'll, I'll be pretty pissed, honestly. I think yeah. I'm kind of over Okada's champion after that reign last year. Um, but I don't think that's going to happen, If, in large part because of the... Uh, I'm not as worried about it anymore because I don't know if you saw that Tokyo Sports interview Okada did, but he basically was like... He, he basically said he has no interest in challenging for the belts right now. He did a lot of work shooty comments about how he thinks the belts are only worth half as much each since they became the double crown and he, he doesn't find the LIJ Bullet Club thing interesting and all this other crap. So I think basically what he's trying to say is, uh, y- you know, the... I, I think he's setting up basically that he's not going to be in the title picture for at least the foreseeable future. I think he's going to stay out of it, probably win the G1 and go from there. But I don't think he's going to come out at the end of the night and challenge, thankfully. I don't know. Do you, yeah. do you feel any differently? Um, I, I'm not sure. I don't, 
I don't know, honestly. Um, I mean, it's definitely not a match that I'm looking forward to watching. It's probably a match to spend like half of it on my phone. Uh, so, I mean, there's that. But as for him challenging, I know I could kind of see New Japan doing it because they they do like kind of when they do not when they're not sure what to do, they like default to Okada. But at the same time, yeah, if Okada is like. I guess saying that type of stuff, either he's like purposely faking us out or he means it and he's, but I don't know if the New Japan office is going to be like, yeah, Okada, you're right, you shouldn't go for the title. So I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. So I guess we'll say, um, you know. I just figured the Tokyo Sports thing was probably him working an angle, but I don't know. It's like, it could have been. Maybe it wasn't. Who knows? Um, the big thing to me then, if, you know, if Okada is not going for the title, you know, will something happen here to occupy his time until the G1? Because I, I I assume he is not feuding with fucking Yujiro from now <laughs> until October. I, I doubt it. So, um, you know, I think you could see... I think a lot of things are on the table here. Like, something's going to happen. Um, one, number one, did Jay White find a way into the country? Because he posted that weird picture, uh, Instagram, with him looking at a plane window with the date of Sengoku Lord. I think if they did find a way to get Jay White into the country, then uh, he's probably almost certainly returning here and attacking Okada. Since I assume, you know, he, they were supposed to feud this year, given they were going to be in the first round of the New Japan Cup. So, yeah. I think that's possibly number one. If they can't get White into the country, possibility two is another debuting wrestler like Dick Togo shows up to call... Probably not to cost Okada the match. I don't think Yujiro is pinning Okada. I think it'll probably be a DQ, if anything, or a post-match attack. But I don't know who that could be. It could be anybody. But, you know, maybe somebody, some other, like, uh, you know, emergency freelancer to uh, help fill some time here, Since especially since the roster is kind of tiny right now. Or possibility three... Maybe somebody turns on Okada and joins Bullet Club. I think Hiroki Goto would be a good candidate for that, but just because he could use something to do. Yeah. But, but yeah, I guess we'll see what happens. Uh, but yeah, the semi-main event, Shingo against Desperado. I'm really excited for this match. I don't think Desperado has any chance to win, but maybe they'll surprise me. I'm hoping. I'm hoping for the surprise. Um... I'm not a huge Shingo fan, but I really love Desvi, and I think he's underappreciated by the New Japan office, even though the fans clearly appreciate him quite a bit. So, of course, like, I'm holding on to that, like, like .00001 chance of him winning, even though it's, like, it's not going to happen, but I'm going to, like, maybe if I believe hard enough, it will. (laughs) But I think it should be a really good match. Um, I think that the two of them have kind of styles and personalities that will, uh, I guess, clash in a way that's, like, interesting and not, like, weird, I guess. Sometimes, like, if people are too different, I guess it can be a bit uh, awkward, but they're, like, different in a way that I think they kind of complement each other a bit. So I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, I totally agree. I think they're gonna. I think this match is gonna really be good. I have very little worry about that. Yeah, uh, it's Shingo's third attempt at defense, by the way. 
And the main event is for the IWGP Heavyweight and IWGP Intercontinental Double Title Match. Evil defending against Hiromu Takahashi in his first defense for both belts. I have a weird theory that they took the belt off, belts off of Naito just because they got tired of how to write uh, first defense for heavyweight, second defense for Intercontinental, or second defense for heavyweight, third defense for Intercontinental. Because remember, Naito, when he won- beat Okada, that was his first defense for the IC. And then every defense after that was like the IC was one ahead of the heavyweight. And now they can just write first defense for both the belts. So if they're going to keep them together, then maybe it was just like, uh, you know, we have to end this Nitro raid. We can't keep writing uh, <laughs> different defense numbers for each belt. It's confusing. But I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm half kidding anyway, but I'm sure they, they liked it. It definitely looks a lot cleaner on the on the website. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, so Evil versus Hiromu. Um, I, I really like. I tweeted this out before, and I, I don't really give a fuck what, like you, the listener, think about evil. If you're not excited for Hiromu Takahashi's first IWGP title challenge, if you don't think he's gonna come through, I don't know what to tell you. I really have zero doubt that this match won't be awesome. Uh, I'm like. I'm really, like, I think it's going to be amazing, but I'm also, like, not really emotionally prepared for it, because, like, with Evil and Hiromu, it's not just, like, L.I.J., but, like, also, like, they were young lions together, and they were, like, good friends when they were young lions, and now it's, like, they're on opposite sides, and, like, Evil's betrayed him, and they're going to fight over, like, the top belt in New Japan and, like, the main event, and it's, it's just, it's a lot uh, to take in, but... I think the match itself is going to live up to all of that kind of emotional and, I guess, background information. Yeah, and it's like, it, it. I mean, Evil, like, going on social media and saying he's going to break his neck again is not exactly, uh, it's not light stuff here. Yeah, not <laughs> at all. Like, there's definitely a lot of, uh, a lot of, hatred and anger going on here yeah so i guess we'll see what happens but i i mean i just can't i i think the match is gonna be awesome i don't think Hiromu will win do you do you want to do you have the hot take that Hiromu is gonna win no not at all okay <laughs> evil's gonna retain and then i think afterwards i'm torn on what's gonna happen after i what i want to happen is i wanted i want them to do evil sonata before they do evil naito again I think that would be a cool, just because of all their history together. And, you know, Sonata can try to get revenge for uh, Evil, like, taking about the semifinals of the New Japan Cup. So, mm-hmm. I, I, th- I hope that happens. I hope Sonata challenges them after, and they do that maybe at, like, one of the Korokins during the Summer Struggle Tour. But it's possible they just go right back to Naito. I think that might even be more likely. So, I guess we'll see. I, I think I'd rather see, yeah, Sonata. Cause I don't really like the whole, like, belts being, like, tossed around like a hot potato so i'd like to see at least evil get like a little bit more of a rain before like naito takes the title back so yeah i think i think sanada be a a fitting challenge so there you go Mm -hmm. that is sengoku lord the rest of the car is all multi-man tags Mm -hmm. except the opener with uh ishimori and uh which looks pretty good but there you go all right let's get over to tokyo joshi uh, it was the first of a double header with DDT on yesterday, July 23rd. Uh, brand new Wrestling 4, Take Not But Give. Uh, had 490 fans, a super no vacancy, they said. So that was as many tickets as they sold. 
Um, it was a seven-match card. The opener was Moka Miyamoto's debut. Mirai Mayaumi and Sena Shiori defeated Moka Miyamoto and Suzume when Mirai pinned Miyamoto with a lariat in 825. Um, actually, before the match, there was some stuff early. There were some announcements and stuff. Um, before I actually get into that match, I guess. I, I thought it was really funny when Namba did that Konichiwa thing. She does the start of the show, you know, basically just says good afternoon and then held the pose for everyone to yell back to her. And I'm like, but wait a second. They're not supposed to be yelling. So, like, why did you have everybody... And then right after that, she tells them no loud cheering after she, like, just did that pause and motions on the yell back. I'm like, uh, okay. Why did you do that? I guess she's just so used to it that she doesn't think about, like, why she does it anymore. Uh, We also found out the Tokyo Princess Cup is returning with 21 entrants. We found out Tokyo Joshi would debut at a new venue in the Shinagawa uh, neighborhood in Tokyo in September. It's a nice little area, like, right in the south of Tokyo, if people don't know where that is. So it's, like, um, getting close to... Oh, God, why am I blanking? The, the airport. Not the Narita, the other one. <laughs> I can't... I, I don't know why I can't remember the name of the other airport. I've, I've flown in, out, in and out of there before. But whatever it is. The airport that's close to Tokyo. Uh, Haneda, there we go. Yeah, I was, uh, <laughs> was watching a show, like, a stupid K-pop variety show, where, like, they go to Japan, and I'm like... They go through that airport. What is it called? What yeah. is it called? I, I mean, was just it yesterday. Yeah, and I've been to both, and Haneda is just so much closer to Tokyo than Narita. That you know, if I if the, if you get the option, folks, whenever uh, in twenty twenty seven when they let Americans back in again, uh, Haneda is definitely the one you want to go for if they're if they're like around the same price because it's like just so much closer to Tokyo. Uh, but yeah, so there and the other big announcement was they're running November seventh at Tokyo Dome City Hall. Uh, that's still on, and it's now being discussed for 50% capacity, so we'll see. Uh, we also got an Up Up Girls performance, and Hikari Noah has new hair. It looks great. I like it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so that open I just talked about, uh, first of all, Mocha, she has an interesting costume, I thought. Like, basically, like, this flower top and then this, like, long dress. Uh, it, it seems like it might be kind of hard to rustle in, but, like, it. I guess it wasn't because she looked good in this match. Yeah, it was very, like, I like the the whole look with, like, the Hakama. It was very, um, I guess, I don't know, it made me think of, like, like Japanese, like, Taisho-era fashion. Like, if you've seen, like, uh, Demon Slayer, like, that takes place during that time. Like, with the Hakama, like, with the uh, kimono top underneath. Mm-hmm. So, I really like that, because I really like that kind of style. But it also kind of made me think of, like, something like a... Toho character would wear. I right. guess. No, no, I, I definitely could see that too. So for so for our listeners that are not uh, weebs like me and Haley here, the Taisho era is like pre World War Two, basically nineteen twelve, I think, till like nineteen twenty six, I think. But yeah, 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 early early twentieth century, or yeah. So that's pretty much what we're talking about. But uh, yeah, it's a very, a very short, but uh, what's the word? Uh, like turbulent era, I guess, of Japan. But, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I, I totally get what you mean by as far as the costumes. Um, Mirai, Mar- Mirai looks like gigantic in there with, with Suzume, and then yeah. I looked up, I looked up right. She's only five four, but I mean, she looks huge in there. And I guess, I mean, first of all, she's like just 
you know, she's not super tall, but she's big. And Suzume is so tiny and like five foot nothing. So, you know, it's just like the size disparity is so big. Honestly, I, I'm surprised that she reaches five feet. <laughs> that she, re- yeah, I mean, it could be a work thing. Uh, I, I mean, look, they, they claim Adam Cole is six foot zero, so <laughs> it couldn't be any worse. That's always funny. Uh, and I like it when Mariah uses like her legit judo throws, like she did on she did on Suzume pretty early, yeah. uh, and she got to show off her power, slamming Suzume around and hitting this big lariat in the corner. Uh, but Suzume countered a second lariat attempt with a face buster and tied to Mocha, but uh, Mariah managed to finish Mocha with a really cool kneeling lariat. Uh, it was a fun opener. I would go about three stars. It was it was a showcase match for, for Mirai, uh, which doesn't really surprise me because uh, first of all, Mirai is really good. Like for, especially for her experience level. Like every time I see her, she blows me away. She's yeah. just like she looks. She's so good already. Uh, you know, and Mocha's a. I mean, Mocha is a. I keep calling her Mocha. I'm sorry. Mocha is like a you know a rookie, so she's not gonna. Even though it's her debut match, I'm not surprised she wasn't really the focus of the match. So. Yeah. I mean, I think she did a good job, though. Um, sometimes, like, if it's a debut match, they can seem, like, super awkward, but she wasn't really awkward at all, you know? She's not, like, great or anything yet, but, you know, she she definitely seemed to have, like, some confidence and stuff, so that's always good. You know, yeah. she, she wasn't, like, fumbling around or unsure what to do at any point. Yeah, that, that she didn't look like she was, you know, sometimes they have two left feet, and she definitely looked like that. Uh, match number two, the Himawari Uranagi return match. Uh, Palm Harajuku and Mahiro Kiryu defeating Himawari Uranagi and Haruna Neko when Harajuku pinned Unagi with the Palm Do Justice in 818. Um, so Unagi has new gear and a new theme song. The new gear looks fucking awesome. I love it. It's so good. Uh, it's like when they post the DT English up, I was watching the show live by the way because this aired uh, it was like noon Japan time on Friday because they they had off from work or something oh no noon Japan time on Thursday because I think it's Marine Day or something because uh, this was supposed to be when the Olympics start originally back before uh, you know the world ended so you know I think they, they moved Marine Day so that people would have off the, for the weekend of the Olympics but yeah um Anyway, so, like, I was watching the show live. It was noon on Thursday, like, 11 p.m. Eastern, Wednesday night, you know, over here in the U.S. And the DET English account tweeted out this picture of her, um, you know, like, with this new attire. And it's like, holy crap, how is this the same lady? I mean, it was such a glow-up. Yeah. So, hat tip to Unagi here, because she looked great. Um, I, I really like Bahiro. I've said this a million times on this podcast, but I really just think she's good and want her to do well. So I have to throw that out there. Yeah, uh, no, I like her too, so. And then at one point she grabbed poor Neko by the tail, which I'm like, that's always, they always do that. And it's like, that's so mean. She's like, you know how painful that would be for an actual cat? <laughs> it's like, don't yeah. do that. Well, I love like, I love that like, you know, with the whole goofiness of, you know, Tokyo Joshi that it's, they just treat it like, yeah, it's her tail. Like, there's no, like, wink, wink, it's not really her tail. They just treat it straight up as that, and I love it. Yeah, it's like, yeah, she has a tail. What are you going to do? Uh, <laughs> I mean, look, uh, Unagi then chokes Palm in the corner with her snake mouth boots. I mean, her boots have mouths on them. 
<laughs> it's like because she's a stink. Uh, and then she gave her the I can only describe this as boob window attack to the face because <laughs> she like just shoved her fucking chest into her face. It was a uh, it was a lot. Uh, you know, Unagi's uh, very extra, I guess. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I was a little surprised to see Unagi get pinned in her return match. Uh, you know, it was okay. I would say some fun comedy, but I would go like two and a half. Yeah, I mean, that was it basically for me. I was just happy to see that, you know, he was back, and I think she did a really good job, you know, coming back, you know, very strongly and very energetically. Um, but, you know, it wasn't really anything, like, you know, major or anything, you know? Right. Normal, normal undercard match. Uh, match number three, Kari Noah defeating Raku in 724 with a uh, with Uranage. Um, the Up Up Girls explode here. Uh, this is pretty fun. I thought Raku, Raku did like a really cool flip senton. She's, you know, it's like almost, she's like evolving the, uh, I think it's called the Goodnight Express, right? Or something. And like. Yeah, the Oyasumi Express, yeah. Yeah. And like before, now she does like a flip before she does it, which is kind of cool. Um, and then during this match though, like my, my biggest note here was again, the DT English account, which, uh. I should plug like I always do when we talk DT and that. Let's say I can I never forget the exact uh, like location of the at or whatever. It's like DT Pro underscore ENG I think. Yes, it is. Yeah. Okay, DT Pro underscore ENG. Uh, they always do an awesome job. I always plug them when we talk DT and Tokyo Joshi, which we haven't in a while. So, mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, during this account, he tweeted that Marika Kobachi was at ringside. And oh, like yeah, they showed her there. The yeah, and like I, she was like one of my favorites uh, last year before she, especially in 2018. Actually, like she was in all these awesome tag matches. So uh, you know, she she hasn't wrestled since May of 2019 because she, you know, she was wrestling like from when she was like 16, 17, and then she took uh, some time off to go do like college studies, basically to to focus on her studies. So, you know, but she's if she's at ringside and she's training to come back, that, that's awesome. Because I, you know, I really thought she was awesome. So hopefully she is going to return soon. Yeah, I'm excited about that. Exciting uh, to see her. Uh, Raku did a sling blade, but Akari came back with this kind of awkward looking counter clothesline. But then hit the Uranage, and the Uranage looked good. Uh, I thought that was a fun little singles match. I went three stars on it. Yeah, I mean, I thought it was... Fun. I I just I always you know enjoy watching Raku. She always puts a big smile on my face. You know, mm-hmm. she, you know it's really also like exciting. I guess to see how far like all the all three of the Up Up Girls have come. You know, like when they you know, I remember. I guess when I got into it, it was kind of like uh, what was it? It was I guess about maybe couple months before like they changed their like whole uh images to individual ones mm-hmm. back when they were like they all had the matching outfits and so like, i remember seeing them then and being like oh like they're cute you know they're 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 trying their best and now it's like you know they're all three of them are like really really great and you know it's so nice to see them evolve uh, match number four. This was the one I was really looking forward to. Mina Shirakawa defeating Yuki Kamifuku with the GSS in 820. Uh, you know, this is the big story here. Obviously, these two are normally partners. But basically, Mina got jealous of Kamiyu's, uh recent singles opportunities and wanted to prove herself. So here we are. 
Uh, Mina had new gear, which was very pink to match her hair. Again, I thought it looked great. I loved it. Yeah. I always love her gear. She always, she, I mean, like, I love sparkly pink things, so everything she wears to me is, like, incredible 10 out of 10, you know. Uh, Camille, like, dismissively, like, knocked Mina away with her hand when, like, Mina was grabbing her legs off the ropes, which I thought was pretty cool. Basically, like, you're not on my level. Uh, but Mina, like, came back with this, like, cool, like, Lucha-style arm drag, uh, springing off the ropes, which is a good little comeback. Uh, but then Camille, like, really worked over Mina. She was, like, punishing her with this leg hold and even, like, grabbing at her hair in it. I thought Camille was great. Like, she, you're so used to Yuki being, like, the newer wrestler in a match, right? That, like, seeing her as, like, the more experienced one and, like, basically being the bully was, like, very interesting and very cool. So yeah. I was, like, really surprised at how vicious she got, but I thought she did, like, uh, a pretty pretty great job. Like, I was, like, it was definitely a new side of her, but yeah. I liked it. Uh, Mina, like, got a little bit of a comeback before Kamiyu absolutely, like, destroys her with a big boot. Like, really drove her into the mat, which looked, again, looked very vicious, like you said. Um... You know, and like I said, I, it, it's fun watching. I mean, one of the great things about Tokyo Joshi is you get to watch these girls, like, come along, you know? And, like, yeah. Yuki, much like Saki Kai, when she, they both started, like, you know, like, they, they went around like deer on ice, basically. <laughs> like, they didn't really know how to use their height. And now, like, Yuki has figured it out, and she's, like, really just a lot more graceful in there and just uses her, you know, legs a lot better. Like, especially when yeah. she gets towards those big boots. It's, like, pretty, she's pretty good at them now. Uh, Mina hit this, like, backfist-style slap, and then some kind of, like, wacky face-buster thing. I guess that's the finisher. It, that could have looked better. Uh, yeah. But, but the match overall was still really fun, though. I went, like, three and a half. I thought it was definitely matching that up to this point. So. Yeah, I I really liked it. You know, I really, like, I really loved their friendship, so I was really interested in seeing where the match would go. Like, you know, how it would how, like, you know, the relationship would play into it. And I think one thing I thought was interesting was how vicious Kamiyu was. Like, kind of like she's at one on one hand kind of, like, annoyed by Mina, like, trying to, like, I guess, step up. But at the same time, I guess, showing a lot of respect and that she didn't hold back on her, which I thought was, you know, an interesting uh, part of their dynamic. And then at the end, of course, like, they're all, like, crying and hugging and i was like i was, I was feeling emotional too yeah so. that was great like the the, yeah. emo- the tearful reunion afterwards uh was really good so it would appear all as well there so uh match number five the yuna manase regular participation last match miyu yamashita mizuki and natsumi maki defeated yuna manase nodoka tenma and maki ito when Miyu pinned Tenma with the Crass Rabbit Heat in 1606. Uh, this was good. This was pretty damn good as far as like a six person tag goes. Um, you know, it started out with Maki Ito screaming so loud it knocked over Natsumi Maki. Which I always love when wrestlers sell for like screaming. It's just great. I love it. Uh, it's also especially good because like Natsumi Maki is like kind of ditzy, so it really <laughs> suits her to just fall over because she's being screamed at so loudly. Uh, I, yeah, I, I love Natsuya Maki's, like, dits act. is really funny. Yeah. Uh, then we had, like, the Ito Respect Army exploding once again with uh, Maki Ito Mizuki. And Ito, Maki even, like, refused 
to sell for Mizuki's attacks because they're at her head, and she has a big head. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then she eventually took her down with a mid-air headbutt uh, when Mizuki tried a crossbody. Uh, Yuna came in and was great as the big powerhouse and really showed why I'm going to miss her having her around Tokyo Joshi. She was like catching and throwing Mizuki and then mm-hmm. Natsumi Maki around. Uh, there was like a awesome for- form exchange with uh, Natsumi refusing to go down against the bigger girl. And, you know, she eventually scored this back kick and this spinning neck breaker for a two count. Uh, Miyu then tagged in, and she actually managed to deadlift Yuna for a moment before dropping her over her knee, which, you know... Yuna's I a- was like... I, I literally went like, oh my god, like, out loud when she did that, because I wasn't expecting it. I mean, Yuna is... A, if people don't know, I mean, Yuna is a big lady. So that was quite the feat of strength by Miyu. Uh, but Yuna comes back with this massive clothesline, which is great, and she tagged in Nodoka. Uh, and then after that, Min- Min- Yuna came back with, uh, with like, leveled both Natsumi and Mizuki with a huge double clothesline. And then she got in, like, a kick battle with Miyu. Uh, she actually got the better of it first, but Miyu answered with a bicycle kick. And then one of her signature head kicks to put the larger woman down. And then Mizuki and Natsumi Maki did stereo planches to the floor. And that left Nodoka in there along with Miyu. And she kicked the crap out of her first. Uh, but Nodoka came back with a fallaway slam. But Miyu then just kind of no-sells it and pops right up. And hit, hits the Crash Rabbit Heat for the pin. Uh, it was a great finish to end a really enjoyable six-person tag. I would go three and three quarters. This was really good. I really enjoyed it. I mean, I like all the girls in the match, like, a lot. Like, I guess, like, my, one of my notes for it was, like, like six girls zero brain cells Matt. because <laughs> <laughs> they're all just doing like the stupidest shit to each other but i love that like they're just you know they all they know is you know scream and punch and that's all you need so and natsumi I, natsumi and, and uh me at least are like certified dum-dums i remember, remember that yeah, I, that fucking uh that episode of the night where they were doing all the quiz stuff and like those are the two, those are the two worst ones, I think. Yeah, yeah, no, they were, they were definitely like, I was like, are you guys okay? <laughs> How do you function in real life? That's Huey Mackey, especially. It was like, yeah. it was like, I hope you're exaggerating this girl, because my god, <laughs> something. Oh my god. It's so funny though. She's so funny. Yeah, like Mahiro, Mahiro was on that, and she was like the only smart one, basically. And like towards the end of it, like they. I guess they would keep announcing the winners for each category, and you know they just went like Myro, and she's like, I kind of figured at this point. <laughs> she was, yeah. she was just like, okay, I'm the only one of these people who went to school, apparently. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so Yuna says goodbye to everyone after, and gets particularly emotional with Natsumi Maki, uh, which was kind of cute. And then she promised to get stronger and come back. Because uh, she basically says she's not going to... It's not that she'll never appear in Tokyo Joshi again, but she's not going to be a regular anymore, I think, is what is what the vibe I got. Uh, but she said, yeah. keep supporting Tokyo Joshi Pro Wrestling and Yuna Manase. So we'll see if she pops up anywhere else. Be, there's some places where she'd be interesting, I think. But I'm hoping so. I really like her a lot. and so yeah. I'm hoping this is just like... You know, this isn't like, oh, she's not going to wrestle regularly and is only going to wrestle like once in a blue mood. But it's like just... Only Tokyo Joshi in a blue moon, but she's wrestling elsewhere. Yeah. So I hope I hope she keeps wrestling, like you said, like like you said, full time. So, 
then we have the semi-main event for the Princess Tag Team titles. Uh, the team of Daydream, Rika Tetsumi, and Miyu Watanabe defeating Shoko Nakajima and Hyper Misao when Rika pinned Misao at the Missile Hip in 1350. It's such a great name, Missile Hip. Uh, the champs basically isolated Misao and started working over her leg for a while. Um, the referee got bumped, which meant that Hyper Misao immediately goes back on her promises from before the match of a clean fight by taping Miu's legs together against the the the, uh, the, the post, which was kind of funny. Uh, she then mm. tries to ride her bike into her, but despite being, despite being taped onto this post, Miu realizes, hey, I can just avoid this by sitting up. So that's what she does. She just kind of sits up and avoids I it. Was, I was dying. Like, the comedic <laughs> timing on it was so perfect. I was just like... Holy shit, I was dying. I was like, there's a flaw. There was a minor flaw in your plan here, Masao. Should not have a, a trap that you can escape by sitting up. But yes, uh, Misao just went crashing into the guardrail. It was pretty funny. Uh, Shoko then comes back with a bag and, you know, hits her with it while she's trying to get untied. Or un- untied, I mean. And the bag turns out to be full of Godzilla figures, which makes sense because uh, Shoko loves Godzilla and Kaiju. Um... And that, but then Miyu slams Shoko on her own figures, which, uh, you know, that's not thumbtacks, but I'm sure that hit, that hurt like hell. Yeah, they all have spikes on them. <laughs> yeah. So. I mean, that, 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 that could not have been pleasant. Uh, we get an airplane spin from Rika at the same time as a giant swing from Miyu. Uh, just we hit the 10-minute mark. Uh, and then Riku, uh, Rika turns a Shurinai attempt into the Dragon Sleeper on Misao. But Shoko, you know, I, I thought that was it for a second, but Shoko finally managed to, like, dive in to break it up after a long struggle. Uh, Misao came back with a knee crusher off the top and then a sleeper hold in the corner. Uh, but then Shoko runs in with a bulldog and, like, uses Miyu's head as a battering ram on Rika, which is pretty clever. Uh, Rika, like, rolled through a crossbody and almost pinned her, but Misao came back with a final cut. Uh, but Miyu got in there to break up the pin. And then Rika and Miyu like hit their double team netbreaker thing, followed by the missile hit from Rika for the pin. Uh, I thought it was a fun tag match. There were a, a, you know quite a number of little awkward spots, so it didn't quite get quite get to the level of some of the other matches on the card for me. But I went three and a quarter. It was good. Um, I really enjoyed it. I just thought it was like you know super fun, and there's a lot of really funny moments. Um, one thing uh, I guess I took note of was normally like one of my big pet peeves in wrestling is ref bumps but like the one they did here because it was for like comedic purposes i like found i found it like worked really well it was like you know the whole time like shoko and misao were acting like these like i guess mischievous like cartoon villains or something so it just kind of added to the to the i guess silliness of their act but, like, you know, there's, like, the silliness, but it's actually also, you know, just great wrestling, like, very fast-paced and fun. No boring parts, I felt, which is always good. Like, some, sometimes matches, like, in the middle will get, like, a little, like, where are we going? But this one was just, like, I didn't realize, like, you know, how long it was. It just went, like, go, 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 go. Like, I didn't even notice the time passing. Hmm. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, the main event... Oh, that was Daydream's third defense, by the way. Uh, the main event was for the Princess of Princess title. Uh, Yuka Sakazaki defeating Yuki Aino with the magical girl... Niwo, 
Magical Girl Niwatori Yalo, it seems to be the name. Uh, 18 minutes. It was her third defense. So this match, you know, it started out with like an extended uh, Matt wrestling sequence, which is fine, but maybe a little too rest hold uh, E for my taste. But, you know, it was good. Uh, Yuka then took over with this drop kick that sent Yuki to the floor. Uh, she went up top for her signature dive to the outside, but Yuki, you know, very quickly recovered and got in to stop her. Uh, she took over again with some more holds on the mat. Uh, Yuka came back with a standing back elbow just at the five-minute mark and then started doing a spinning toe hold of all things. I'm like, did not expect to see Yuka Sakazaki channeling Dory Funk here, but that's apparently what happened. Uh, so here's, here's the, unfortunately, the big botch. So Yuka tried to hit a Rana from the apron to the floor on Yuki. Uh, you know, but sadly it doesn't go very well. It looks pretty bad, and they both look like they're banging their heads on the floor pretty painfully. Uh, yeah. Especially Yuka. So. Yeah, that, that definitely I was like, really nervous when, when that happened. I was like, oh fuck. Oh fuck. Yeah. I, hope, I hope they're okay. I mean, they seemed okay. They, they took a long time to get up, but they were fine. They seemed okay after that. Uh, then we got, like, some funny st- stuff on the outside. First, Yuka uses uh, Yuki Aino's own big sister, Nadoka, as a weapon. She, like, dosi doed her into Aino. <laughs> it was pretty funny. Uh, but then Yuki Aino, uh, like, dodged a Yuka dropkick, and her sister got wiped out instead. So I'm like, what? Can you guys leave poor Nadoka Tem along- alone? Like, what the fuck? Uh, but, yeah, Yuki Aino came back with a pretty cool, like, gut-wrench yeah. suplex with Yuka draped over the second rope. And then a pair of, like, rope-assisted splashes for two. Um, She rolled through a, like, sliding lariat from Yuka straight into her signature full Nelson Camel clutch. And that that whole, like, sequence looked really good. It it was, you know, one of those things where they could have easily messed it up and had it look awkward, but it it looked really smooth. Uh, But Yuka managed to to make the robes finally after a, a brief struggle. Um... There was some more back and forth before Yuka, or Yuki, I'm sorry, Yuka and Yuki, it's hard to keep track. Uh, Yuki Aino Yuki hit her signature inverted DET for two. Uh, we hit the 15-minute mark as Yuki Aino caught her running in and got her up on her shoulders and then just, like, tossed her down face first. It looked pretty good for another two count. Uh, but Yuka Sakazaki came back with a series of elbow strikes and a roaring elbow for two. Uh, she hit her wacky arm clutch slam thing, but Yuki Aino kicked out again. Uh, you know, so basically she kept trying to crawl back up so Yuka Sakazaki put her down with like a really nice short arm lariat and then she finally hits the springboard, or the springboard 450, the Firebird Splash uh, the I think the DDT English account called it the Magical 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 Girl Splash which would have been funny, but the actual name was what I read off the four, I guess uh, but that got the pin so yeah, this started rough, but they pulled it out of the fire and had a good main event by the end. I went like three and a half. Um, you know, it wasn't like, again, like an all-time classic or anything, but like, you know, given where they were when they botched that runner to the floor, like they really turned it around after that and had a, had a good match by the end, so. Yeah, that's basically how I felt. Like in the beginning, I was kind of like, oh, you know, I like... I guess it's really hard to do that kind of like opening Larry. You're just like, you know, wrestling around on the floor, like with basic holds, like interesting. So I kind of like get that it was going to be boring, but I think it, you know, eventually it built into something. Um, when, uh, I know hit that like 
suplex like over the top rope I, I think that's when like I started to get like holy shit like this is this is starting to get really really good and I think it like from there it was like amazing you know well not amazing but like it was really great yeah <laughs> you know they did a really good job uh, you know I was like I've never been a big fan of Yuki I know like I like her but she's not like one of my faves but I found that by the end I was like I guess impressed by her and like kind of like had a higher opinion of her than I had previously um, I think she she did a good job against Yuka and Yuka's always great so yeah uh, Yuka gave a really great speech at the end too like very emotional yeah. uh, you know again thank you to DT English for translating but it was like the world is where it is but Tokyo Joshi and I have to continue to evolve uh, we're still evolving so sometimes it gets lonesome without fan noise but it makes me happy to see you, see you try to cheer us on with gestures etc uh, and Mizuki, uh, like, kind of adorably came in to the ring just to help her magical Sugar Rabbit's partner close up the show, saying, like, let's go eat Hamburg steak and be happy, happy. So Yuka does the happy, happy close after all, even though she wasn't going to it first. So it was really cute. Yeah. Uh, good show. You know, again, nothing like that blows you away, but, you know, it's a typical Tokyo Joshi show where, you know, it's not going to fucking fill up your match of the year card, but it's a good time. So I enjoyed it a lot. Yeah, same. I mean, I always feel like with Tokyo Jersey Pro, there's like never like one match where I'm like, oh, this is terrible. Like each, I feel like there's enough variety and like, you know, kind of the type of wrestlers and personalities that they have that each match like is fun at least, even if it's not like perfectly wrestled. And I guess the show is, you know, just like that, you know? Yeah, I agree. Uh, the other the other bit of news I took at Joshi that's a, quite a bit sadder is uh, Yumi. If you remember her, she was like the the five foot nine like sixteen year old who just debuted last year. Uh, yeah. She has unfortunately decided to retire. Uh, she's left Tokyo Joshi. Basically, said she's unable to focus on both school and wrestling at the same time. So she's devoting herself to her studies. So it's sad, but you know you gotta that kind yeah. of stuff's gonna happen when you got younger wrestlers. So. Yeah, I mean, who knows? Maybe like she'll come back in a few years, and you know. But I think I think it's good for now to to focus, I guess, more on school. Yeah. Her age, so you know, we'll see what happens in the future with her. Exactly. Uh, let's go into DDT then. The last show we're going to talk about here was also on Thursday, the twenty third, Summer Vacation, twenty twenty. Uh, it was at Tokyo Cork and Hall as well, before 435 fans, uh, which they said was super no vacancy. Um, so there were lots of pre-show announcements, including an all-disaster box five-way with Hirata, Hiroshima, Awashi, Ueno, and Yoshimura on the Hiroshima produced show on July 31st at Shinjuku Face. They're kind of like beer gardens, except they're not allowed to have beer because you know they're not they're not having any food and drink to, I guess, hopefully not spread the coronavirus. But, you know, similar. Yeah. But it's going to be like an ultimate loser match where every time someone wins a fall, they get to leave until there's only one left. Uh, so Hirata basically complained and said he would definitely lose for sure and asked for some kind of an advantage. Uh, first he wanted one count, and they said no. Then he wanted two count, and they said no. So finally he at least asked for over-the-top rope elimination, 
And they seemed to agree to that over-the-top rope rule, but they said there'd be a penalty if he lost. They did not specify what the penalty would be, but there you go. Uh, they also said King of DDT starts uh, August 8th, uh, runs August 9th and 10th, and then the finals are on the 23rd at August 23rd at Corican. Uh, and they also said the Muscle Show returns at November 9th at Corican. So, uh, of course, there was still no loud cheering or streamers, just like Tokyo Joshi. Uh, the opener was Soma Takao and Mad Polly defeating Yukio Naya and Keigo Nakamura, and Soma pinned Nakamura with the running elbow butt in 353. Um, so Damnation were playing Jonkin, uh, a.k.a. Rock, Paper, Scissors, to decide who would start. And they were tied at 1-1 when Yukio and I just sent Keigo, like, flying at them both. But they just both just moved and he just crashed in the corner. It was pretty funny. Yeah. Uh, Polly's like, weird grunting noises are very loud when the crowd is being this quiet. Like, like really, really loud. It is something. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The early portion was just Polly and Soma dominating poor Kago, as you probably expect. Uh, Yukio Naya came in and finally turned the tide a bit with an avalanche in the corner on Soma. Uh, he tried to choke slam Kago onto Soma, but unfortunately for him, uh, Soma rolled out of the way, so all they succeeded in doing was uh, Yukio just succeeded in choke slamming his own partner, which is not what you want to do. <laughs> but Soma <laughs> then hit his running elbow thing for the pin. Uh, it was very brief, but I thought it was actually really fun while it lasted. So I went like three stars on it. Yeah, I mean, I guess to me it was just kind of like it happened. My 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 only note for it was, of course, coach on sexy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, match number two, Don Shokudino, Super Sasdango Machine, and Seigo Tachibana defeated Torowashi, Naomi Yoshimura, and Kazuki Hirata when Tachibana pinned Hirata with the Ikemen Otoshi at 8.45. Um, so there was, like, this brief vignette of Dino and Sasadango wondering, like, what's different about Sego. But they finally figured out it's his new sunglasses. Uh, the joke was he shaved his head. That's what's actually different about him. And they say it later on. Uh, but, yeah, he basically tells them not to worry about anything and just follow his lead out there. Uh, the ring announcer made a very funny announcement for the match and made the crowd laugh a lot. Where They're like, please be warned that Sego Tajibana appearing next is a social delinquent. He's completely harmless, but we just thought we'd let you know. Yeah, that, I wrote that, that down because that was just like the... I, just, I don't know, I laughed at that. I thought it was really, really funny. Yeah, that was honestly funnier than, it was funnier than anything in the actual match, I thought. Yeah. Uh, so Awashi can't tell people to cheer for Hirata, so he had them doing like a We Will Rock You clap and stomp to support him instead for some reason. I thought it was kind of funny. Uh, and then Sego at one point like put his shades on and danced to some kind of 80s sh- like Showa era tune. Uh, and Dino also danced while sitting on the turnbuckle. I guess it was kind of funny. Uh, Sego blocked the one-hit KO from Hirata with his head, which knocked it back into his own neck, and then pinned him with his uh, Ikemen Otoshi driver. It's like a sit-out Gonzo driver kind of thing. But yeah, I don't know. This wasn't great. I- it's tough if you don't enjoy the comedy in one of these matches. And the Sego thing, it, it doesn't do a ton for me. So, um, I mean, I'm kind of amused by it just because I'm like amused by the whole like, uh, what is it like Yankee thing? You know, like yeah, the whole, that whole type of bit. I mean, it's not like super funny, but I mean, I found it amusing. I probably liked it, I guess, more than you because I just like that kind of character and find it kind of funny. Mm. Um, you know, I think. 
I mean, I guess, like, Don Chocodino's way is more like, oh, I'm tired of this. You know, mm-hmm. whereas, like, I guess the, you know, why am I blanking on his name? Uh, the delinquent. Um, Tachibana. Yeah, same with uh, Tachibana, right. Yeah. I guess that's at least a little bit more newer for me. So it's not as, like, oh, I'm sick of this. Right. So, I mean, it's fine for me, you know. Yeah. Uh, and then we have the third match, which was the DDT Extreme title. Uh, Shinya Aoki defeating Maku Donoto with the European Clutch in 949 for his fourth defense. Uh, there's no easy way to say this, so I'm just going to say it. Uh, I, You know, the, these kind of gimmicks, they are much more uncomfortable in a post uh, you know after all that shit we went through with the speaking out stuff it just I don't know they're just not I, I never really liked Bakudanoto as much as D- even Dino before even before all that stuff came out but like I don't know it's just more it is even more like uncomfortable now so I don't know I mean I guess for me it's like it's kind of uncomfortable but at the same time um, I guess like Aoki was kind of like playing into it and not acting like, oh no, he's touching me. I hate this. Like he's assaulting me. Is there? It was almost more like they were like having some sort of strange but consensual, I guess, sexual interaction. Which is, <laughs> I mean, normally like yeah, I'm the same. Like I hate like that whole gimmick, and I'm I'm not really into uh, the whole Maku thing. But I guess for me it worked here because it's like, you know, like when you ever see, see like UFCs type of stuff and like guys rolling around on the floor with each other and it looks, you know, it looks like really homoerotic. <laughs> well, like they're not going to say it looks really homoerotic, but like here they did take it to that level. Um, and, you know, it was like the both of them doing it. So it was kind of like funny for me in that way. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I guess if like Aoki had acted like, you know, like, if he, he acted, like, in a way where he, like, didn't want it to happen, it would have, yeah, it would have been disgusting. So, well, I mean, I, I, I didn't really get much out of this, but I, I, I guess I didn't look at it that way. That's a good point. But Yeah, I mean, like, it wasn't, like, a great match or anything, but I guess, like, you know, it wasn't, it, was, it didn't last too long, so it was kind of, like, you know, went there and kind of just did its thing shortly and was amusing. I think if it had went any longer, I would have been like, oh, oh my god. Yeah, Why? that's fair. And, you know, like, but, but it, was, it was it was fine. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I kind of I was amused by it. Match number four, Chris Brooks and Drew Parker defeating Daisuke Sasaki and Nobuhiro Shimatani uh, when Drew pinned Shimatani with the Swanton Bomb in 1107. Uh, if you don't know who Drew Parker is, because he, he's kind of new, I guess, to DET, he's like a British, like, hardcore wrestler who came over to Japan for Big Japan, and it looks like he's also getting booked by DDT now. And he's like one of these guys that didn't leave Japan, uh, you know, just like Brooks when they whole, uh, and, and like Zach and uh, Gabriel Kidd in New Japan, you know, when the whole coronavirus thing started, so they've been able to stay there. Um, but yeah, I didn't, I didn't take a lot of notes for this one, uh, other than Shimatani has a new Damnation sign, but I thought it was a fun little tag, it went like three and a quarter on it, you know. Yeah, I mean, stuff. 
I thought it was I thought it was pretty fun. Uh, I I guess I've never seen Drew Parker before, um, but I liked him. I thought he and Brooks worked really well. Um, and also, I'm not really used to Nobu's whole new look. Like really like handsome now, and I'm like, what the hell is this? <laughs> Confused Nobu feelings. Yeah. Uh, afterwards, Brooks and Parker speak Japanese to each other. Uh, their, their Japanese is really good, actually. They were, like, showing off. Uh, but Parker challenged Brooks for the Universal title. And then Brooks turned to Imabayashi and said to make the match in English. And Imabayashi got very mad. He was like, why are you speaking English to me? You were just speaking Japanese all this time. I thought it was really funny. Yeah. So, uh, match number five... The KOD six-man tag team titles, Kasusada Higuchi, Yukio Sakaguchi, and Saki Akai, defeating Hiroshima, Antonio Honda, and Riho, when Sakaguchi submitted Honda with the triangle choke in 12.34, is the first defense for Eruption. Uh, Eruption are just fucking cool. I mean, that's always the first note. They just look so... Badass. These three very tall humans in these, in like this white, all these white and red outfits. They just look so cool. Uh, yeah, I think like most of my notes for them was like everything they did. I was like, wow, that's so sexy. That's so sexy. <laughs> They're so cool. Uh, the challengers then jumped them at the bell and basically took turns uh, running into Sakaguchi in the corner. But Honda, of course, fell over and tripped and hit his head. Instead of his knee for once. But they stopped him before he could tell it was gone the Fox story. Uh, I was looking forward to the Saki versus Riho tall versus small battle. And it did not disappoint. Uh, Riho like, refused to back down against her much taller opponent. But Saki eventually got the better of her with a running kick. And this twisting full Nelson slam. Uh, and then we got a showdown with Riho and the even larger Higuchi. And he like caught her trying to run and turned into like this backbreaker. But then Hiroshima... Saved her, and she came back with a top rope double stomp on Higuchi for two for a two count. Uh, Hiroshima and Higuchi had this awesome strike exchange, just trading blows back and forth. That finally ended with Higuchi hitting this huge lariat, uh, so that was really good. And then we got the Gone the Fox story after all, and it was <laughs> so Sakaguchi kept corpsing because it was about him. So it was about how like concerned Honda is for Sakaguchi's lungs because he's such a heavy smoker. So he was trying to find stuff to help him quit. I thought it was, it was like very relatable for me too. Uh, and Sakaguchi countered with his own like counter gone, which was that was awesome. And he started. I, I, I love that. Yeah, he's not he's not a guy like I guess who looks like that, but like he's he's always like kind of subtly funny. Like he's a really good straight man. And so when he did that and like played it completely straight, I was dying. Yeah. He had like the two of them in the fighting stance, and I was. I loved it. It was really funny. Uh, then, so after that, Hiroshima came in with a standing Samanto. Uh, everybody goes crazy. Hits mo- all these moves on each other, including this awesome double knees by Riho on Higuchi, where she used Honda as like a platform to jump up and hit him. Uh, there was a shining wizard by Saki Akai on Riho, and then a dragon screw and a shining gun the fox by Honda on Saki. Uh, Honda somehow ducks Sakaguchi's strikes and hit a... So he, he, like, ducks all these strikes and hits a backdrop, and it's like, where the hell did that come from? And he dropped him right on his head, too, and it's like, you do not expect Antonio Honda to do that, so that's pretty funny. But only got a two-count. 
And then uh, Sakaguchi countered the bionic elbow from Honda into the armbar takedown in the triangle and gets the tap out. Pretty cool finish. Uh, really enjoyable. I went three and three quarters. Uh, definitely a match I liked a lot. Yeah, I really liked it a lot too. I think Eruption has turned out to be a really awesome team. Um, not just like they look cool, but they also work really well together. A lot of great chemistry and thought, uh, you know, there's a lot of things in the match that are both cool and funny, like a mix of them, which I like that, you know, Smash covered all bases. Right. You know, it's really fun. Uh, after that, we learned the next challengers for the six man titles will be Don Shoko Dino, uh, Seiko Tachibana, and Yoshiko uh, from Seedling, who appeared on the screen. So. Yeah, my main note for that was it's too early for Yoshiko Wink again. <laughs> Uh, match six was the Junmetsu versus All Out, All Out Battle. So if you don't know who Junmetsu is, that's the name they chose for the Akiyama uh, Makoto Oishi unit. It's named after a real Japanese band that's made like appearances in uh, DDT before. So there was like a little, a fun little segment of them both. Uh, this wasn't on the show. It was like a thing that I saw on like, the Dramatic DDT blog. But like they basically gave their blessing to use the name, and they sang for them, which is very nice. They gave them a private concert. Uh, but yeah, we got a cool little video basically pointing out that June has history... Oh, I didn't, actually, I didn't finish reading the names. I'm sorry. Uh, so the match was June Agama, Makoto Oishi, Mizuki Watase, and Hideki Okatani defeating Kanosuke Takashita, Akito, Shuma Katsumata, and Yuki Ino when Agama pinned Takashita with the wrist clutch exploder in 1721. Uh, so the video pointed out basically that June has history with Takashita dating all the way back to a tag team match they had in All Japan in 2016. And we see some cool training footage of Akiyama mentor- mentoring his new stable mates, which that was really cool. He's like their dad, basically. It's so it's very, uh, you know, very, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like heartwarming or something. Uh, you know, wholesome, I guess, is actually what I was looking for. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, he's great in DDT. He's like... This whole thing has really, uh, like, saved Mizuki Watase's career. Because that guy was floundering before this. And yeah. he looks so fired up since this June Wrestle thing started. I mean, he had this real fun exchange with Yuki Ino in particular. Like, where Watase, like, dodged a spear attempt by Ino and, like, double stomped him midair. So it's because I, I always liked Watase, and I'm glad that he's, like, getting a second chance, basically. So... Uh, but yeah, yeah, so Akiyama put away Takashita with his exploder, a running knee, and then the wrist clutch exploder for the pen. So I assume they're going to set that up as a singles match, which I am there. I am here for. Uh, so far, I think the returns on Akiyama and DT are really strong. Uh, but yeah, match was anything blow away, like three and a quarter probably, but fun match. Yeah, I mean, I guess I didn't really have like a lot of thoughts on this one. It was, you know, it's fun to watch. Um, I really like All Out, so. You know, I always enjoy watching them. So, yeah, it was a good match. It was just fun. <laughs> uh, then, finally, the main event of the evening for the KOD Openweight title, Tetsuya Endo defeating Yuki Ureno with the Shooting Star Press in 2145 for his second defense. Um, so this match started on the mat. You know, good little mat work. Um, Endo, you know, kind of came back by catching Ureno in midair on a Rana attempt and turned it into a set-out powerbomb, which is pretty cool. But Ueno responded with his own Rana from the apron to the floor. Uh, 
that was like kind of the highlights of the early portion. The early portion just really wasn't anything that special, other than the kind of you know pretty good mat work. But they eventually really got it going. Like by the time they got it going, it was really really good. Like yeah. like Oreno and Endo, they started trading these like hard elbow strikes. But instead of doing it like you know your turn my turn, they were doing it like virtually simultaneously, which is really different. But it was really cool. Um, and then Oreno hit this half Nelson suplex. But Endo popped up and Null sold him with a Canadian Destroyer. Uh, Arano got right up from that and put him down with this big drop kick uh, just before the 15-minute mark. So that all stuff was good. And then, you know, I thought it was really interesting that they did this during a stretch run. Like, Arano got a sleeper locked in on Endo, which is, you know, d- really different for a stretch run type of situation. You don't think of a sleeper hold as a, you know, that kind of move. But, like, they made it, they really made it work. Where Endo, like, he tried to break it with a backdrop, but Oweno just, like, kept it on. And they turned it into a sleeper suplex, which looked so sick. Uh, and then a bridging exploder. So, you know, an exploder suplex with a bridge for the pinfall attempt. Uh, but Endo kicked out at two. Uh, he followed up with a diving body press, but Endo kicked out again. Um, so Oweno held Endo's wrist as he kept trying to hit... Uh, that DDT thing he does, but then you know he hit he hit him with like these boots to the face, but suddenly Endo just came out of nowhere with Tepsi in the sky to counter it after a headbutt that looked awesome, but then he goes for the pin and Oweno suddenly like cradles him in his crucifix hold uh, when he goes for the you know when he went for the pin which looked that looked really great that was an awesome near fall, uh, but Endo comes back with a second Tepsi in the sky but Oweno kicks out at one, uh, and then Endo hit finally hit his rumored new move which was like a Wrist clutch, wrist clutch, uh, muscular bomb, but Oweno kicked out a two from that too, which is kind of crazy. Uh, but then Endo finally hit the shooting star press, and that got the pin. Uh, so, like I said, by the end it was awesome. I would go four stars flat. Like it definitely took a while to get going, but once it did, it was great. So, you know, definitely best match of the week, I think. Yeah, I mean, I really enjoyed it too. I think they did a, a good job of kind of. Sometimes, like, with matches where it's, like, it starts out slower and then it gets intense, you can, like, there's this really, like, strong difference. Like, it starts out slow and then all of a sudden it gets intense. But I think this one did it more, like, gradually, which I liked and, like, wasn't used to. Like, it kind of, like, I didn't really, like, kind of, like, notice, like, oh, all of a sudden it got intense. Like, it just kind of went there, I guess, as they built up. Um, like, I thought, I thought, like, the intro, the, the beginning... I I liked it. Um, normally, I I I find stuff like that pretty boring, but I think they did like enough to keep it interesting. And yeah, but as the match went on, it definitely got better and better, and got really super intense. Um, and I mean, I just I'm a huge fan of Endo, so I always love watching him. He's always doing exciting things, you know, and you know. Flipping around, but also being like you know super like cold and violent and amazing. So yeah, he's a very unique figure in wrestling because yeah. it's very rare to have like that combination of like you know the speed and athleticism, but also he's like this heel, you know. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so afterwards, Endo asked who his next challenger will be. You know, Bayashi said it will be the winner of the King of DDT tournament, but Endo will also be in that tournament. So if he wins, he can choose his own challenger for the Ultimate Party. And of course, Endo said he is chal- if he wins, he will bring over the gamer, Kenny, <laughs> Kenny Omega. So, first of all, I, I guess they're assuming Kenny will be able to get in the country by then, which uh, 
Okay? I mean, it's not until November, so maybe they're right, but who knows. Uh, second of all, I now have to root against Tichia Endo. It's a tragedy. You have to what? <laughs> I have to root against Tichia Endo. It's a tragedy. I normally root for him yeah. and everything, but I don't know if I want to see Endo in the game or... <laughs> I, I, I'm curious, so I want to see it, but only if only if Endo wins. If Kenny wins... But I don't, I don't think Kenny's going to win, but I, one of my friends made a tweet that was like, that was like her fear is that Kenny is going to win, and then like they're going to have this thing where, oh, Takeshita has to save DDT from like this, you know, AEW guy, and then he's going to like be the big hero and win it all, and like I was like, if that happens, I swear to God. Did you see? But I don't. Oh, sorry. I don't think it's going to happen, but if it does, I'm going to like. Uh, but yeah, did you see Kenny Omega's tweet about this? Like incredibly try hard tweet. I, I try not to read Kenny Omega's tweet. <laughs> it's too embarrassing. He I said, don't... "Okay, I got. I have to read this too. I'm gonna try to do my best, uh, Kenny Omega anime villain voice. Let's say." Okay. Your title will be nothing more than another trophy to me. I'll feel nothing when I see you and the entire locker room crying. This is what you chose for DDT and yourself. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, Kenny. See, the thing is, like, I love, like, goofy, like, anime villain Kenny. Like, I find that whole gimmick to be really, like, funny. And, like, I guess it's supposed to be funny. And I like it better than, like, serious, like, depressed and sad Kenny, which is like, oh, this is this is me being artistic. And I'm like, no, this is you being annoying. <laughs> so, like, when he's just, like, playing into the goofiness, I'm like, I enjoy Kenny. But at the same time, it's like... I mean, his, it's his character when he's like that to be annoying, but I really am annoyed by him. I'm like, Kenny, shut up. Shut up already. Yeah, it's... Uh... But I also like him better in DT than I like him anywhere else, so I, I do kind of want to see the match. Yeah, I mean, it, well, it'll be interesting, I guess. I mean, it's, it, it's a wrinkle, right? Like, I, I assume Endo will have a, a deep run in this tournament either way, and then it'll be interesting to see if he'll win or not, and, you know... Can say like, oh, yeah. I'm rooting for him to win because you want to see that epic Ketty Endo showdown. But yeah, we'll say. Yeah, but at the same time, it's gonna drag in like a lot of really annoying fans who uh, are like, you know, don't know anything about DDT, just want to see Kenny Omega, which I'm not looking forward to more than anything involving Kenny Omega himself. Yeah. Um, but you know, despite despite how how annoying and horrible he is. I'm still a Kenny Omega fan. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I do want to see it. Look, it's fair. Uh, but yeah, so there we go. Uh, that was DDT's Corkin of, you know, not the best DDT Corkin of all time, but definitely, uh, I would say, watch, like, at least watch the last three matches. They're all pretty damn good. Yeah. Uh, so we can wrap it up here. I did get a couple questions. I did, like, a very last minute call for questions. So let me just go ahead and load them up here uh, via Twitter. Uh, at Anders Vilster says, "Which member of Lij do you see as the most likely one to take the title off of Evil?" Uh, I definitely. I, I mean, I tend to think Naito is going to win the belt back. Yeah, I think it's going to be Naito. I mean, I guess there's like a very slight possibility it would be Sanada, but I think, I think, and of course, New Japan loves to like 
not give Naito and Naito's fans what we really want. But I I don't think they're going to be that cruel here. I think it's going to be Naito. Yeah. Uh, and then a couple of questions from the Discord. First of all, Prince, uh, how do you feel about the no shouting thing on Tokyo Joshi DDT? I kind of said at the start, I don't think it bothers me nearly as much as it, as it does in New Japan. Um I mean, look, if this is what they think is going to help... I mean, it's not like there's no scientific basis for this. I mean, like, yelling does spread more of these coronavirus particles, so I get it. Uh, or not, or more of these, like, yeah, like the particles if you had the virus. So I get it, even though it, seemed, it might seem a little over the top. But, uh, you know, I think it's just something we all have to live with until however long it takes for this thing to be over. Yeah, that's basically my feeling. I mean, I guess technically you could, like, yell with your mask on, but I feel like that would be way too annoying. That would I, just... Well, I feel like the problem is, like, because I wonder why they don't just let them do that, too. I think the idea is, like, if, if, you, if you're constantly yelling, like, the, the like spit or whatever can still come out the side of your mask, I think. Yeah. So I think that's the, the reason. But uh, Jamie O.D., of course, the great... Uh, Webmaster from Dramatic DDT. I definitely want to plug that, dramaticddt.wordpress.com. He said, might be early, but predictions for the King of DDT and Princess Cup winners. Uh, if I may, my choice is Yamashita for the Princess Cup because it's only always been her Achilles heel. Uh, but if the winner gets the City Hall made event spot, it should be her versus Yuka again as the biggest match. Uh, and then he hasn't picked a King of DDT winner yet. Uh, do you have any, any thoughts on winners for either tournament? Um... Well, obviously, we all want to see Endo versus the gamer, so we have to shoot Endo, but um, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I guess it's like I always just go with, oh, I'm going to root for Endo because he's my favorite, but now it's like there's this like looming threat, so I don't know. Um, and I guess in terms of who would actually win it, I don't know. I guess I guess I have, I don't know. I really have no clue. Um, but as for the Princess Cup, yeah, I mean, I think, I think it definitely, I mean, I want, I definitely want Mia to win, and I think it could be her. I think that, that sounds pretty, pretty possible. Um, just because, yeah, again, like, as you said, uh, yeah, they want, want to run Yuka and Mia, so. I mean, I guess that one makes sense, and but I don't. I really for Game of DDT, I have like no clue. I don't actually remember also the entire like field because it's too much all at once. Uh, so I don't. So yeah, I don't. I, I kind of agree. I think it will be me probably for the Princess Cup. Um, as for the King of DDT, I the Kenny thing just seems too obvious to me. I think they're going to wait to do Kenny. So I think maybe Endo will try to, do, try to you know, almost get there and then, like, lose in the semifinals or the finals or something. Um, but as far as who would win, I, that's a great question. I I would... I mean, I've, I hope and I think... I mean, this eruption thing has seemed to me since the day one to be about getting Higuchi the next level. And, you know, Endo... You know, Endo and Higuchi had that feud, uh, you know, during the period where DDT was uh, doing the no-fan shows. So I kind of think Higuchi might win, and it might be Endo Higuchi. But I think that would be great. Yeah, I mean, I, I just have a. I mean, if I, I, I think those are the two most realistic possibilities. If they, if Kenny is going to come for Ultimate Party, then Endo will win. 
If not, then I think it'll be Higuchi. I think Higuchi's the next person down. So I guess we'll see. Yeah. All right. We can wrap things up there. Uh, Haley, why don't you give me, I guess, plug your Twitter account or anything else you want to plug? Um, okay. So my Twitter, it is uh, query colored. Um, I'll have to spell that. It's C H O E. R-R-Y, and then colored, spelled the British way, like with a U in it. No, like, underscores or spaces or anything in it, just as one word. Um, as for plugging things, I don't really have anything to plug or anything. I guess just go to my Twitter um, if you want to hear me constantly just talk about, um, I guess, wrestling, K-pop, and uh, Love Live and gay shit. So, you know, it's not, it's not, it's not really an, an organized or professional account in any sort of way. So, what, so on the topic of Love Live, what did, did I see that, uh, Aqua like performed in front of actual dolphins recently? Did that happen? Did that happen? I don't know. I thought I, I saw some. I don't know. I, no, I saw videos of them with dolphins. They performed. I thought they uh, did. Maybe, maybe they didn't. I don't know. They might have, and I just like because I have some live videos in that were like newer that I haven't watched yet, and I'll have to look for see if there's dolphins in there because I have definitely seen like little videos of them playing with dolphins. So All you right. might be right. So I, I found it actually. I'm going to send it to you. It's from uh, at D A N A A Y S E, uh, like posted it like with them singing with these dolphins going everywhere. Is very very adorable. So, okay. But it's at some kind of aquarium, obviously. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. They probably did. They have a song called Queen Naitai Aquarium, and I'm guessing that's the video I have of the live is for that song, so I'm guessing that's the video you're about to send me. Yes, it's uh, it's very, very cool. But I uh, wanted to bring that up because, you, well, you made me think of it when you said Love Live, so. Yeah, of course. I'm like, you know, deeply obsessed with Aqua, best, best girls. We saw which which is the one we saw at Anime NYC it was the the one subunit was, right? Guilty yeah, Kiss. it was Guilty Kiss, which yeah. is a subunit of Aqua. Yeah, they're 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 pretty awesome. Yeah, they were great. I was really excited to see them, but unfortunately, I sprained my ankle at the concert because I wore the wrong shoes, and then I was hobbling around the next day because I just rocked out too hard to their <laughs> songs. Well, that happens to all of us. Yeah, we might be the last concert I attend for a very long time. Because <laughs> I don't think I went to Eddie after because that was like November of 2019, and obviously you know the thing happened. But uh... yeah, I I went to a concert in the beginning of February. Ah, I saw, you beat I saw it. Mr. Bungle in the beginning of February <laughs> for the big reunion tour, and yeah. that's the last time I went to a concert. Well, you you like beat it out right before basically. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But uh, who the fuck knows? Like, concerts feel like one of those things that's going to be like, wow, that'll come back in like 20 fucking 50 at this rate. Yeah, like I was thinking, um, I'm a big fan of the K-pop group BTS. And I've seen them, like I saw them 2017, 2018, 2019 when they were here. And so it's like weird that I'm not going to get to see them this year because they're not going to come over. They can't. And I'm like a little sad about that. <laughs> um... Yeah, I'm just sad in general about not going to get to go to concerts because I love concerts so much. Yeah. Mm. 
so, by the way, before I wrap it up and plug our stuff, so here's like a kind of big poll from a New Japan uh, Japanese blog, a Kakuto log, that I kind of wanted to bring up. Uh, you know, people listening to this might have uh, already seen the match by then, but basically they asked, for Hiromu and Evil, who do you support and who do you predict? Uh, the people, they these, it was like looks like 189 votes right now. Hiromu supporters, but th- I think Evil's going to win, was 56.3%. Then people supporting Evil and predicting Evil was 23.2%. Uh, Hiromu, supporting Hiromu and thinking he'll win is 17.4%. And supporting Evil and thinking Hiromu will win is... Uh, last for three point two percent. So this idea I'm that no, I just I just want to bring that up. I'm sorry. I'm surprised it even got like three point. <laughs> yeah, um, but yeah. So like, I just want to bring that up because you think again, reading some people on the internet that nobody likes evil, and here we see twenty six point four percent of the Japanese fans polled are uh, supporting evil against Hiromu, who's very popular. So I just want to bring yeah, that up. Yeah, and even like then, it's like. I mean, I'm supporting Hiromu, but I still like Evil as a wrestler. It's just like his character, I like hate, you know. Yeah. But I still like it's like a love to hate kind of thing. Yeah, like I, I enjoy watching him as a wrestler, but at the same time, he's evil, and I, you know, <laughs> I can't support that. Literally, he is evil. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> everything is evil. All right, Every- folks. Everything. Everything. <laughs> uh, that'll wrap it up here. As always, you can follow us on Twitter. Uh, it is at Russell Omakase. Wrestling would not fit. Uh, don't forget that on the Patreon, we're going to be doing our Sengoku Lord same day reaction. Uh, Patreon.com slash Wrestling Omakase. So definitely check that out. There's a link in the description. In the meantime, I haven't really planned next week's episode yet. So we'll see what we're doing next week. But of course, we'll be back. And folks, thank you as always for listening. And we'll see you next time. <laughs>